ready and we are ready. We oh, okay. are we are live. We're live. We are what? live now. Yes. <laughs> so hey guys, it's uh Robert Gardner with uh what usually is the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm here today with Trent. We're gonna sit and chat about some things. Uh, Trent had some ideas about stuff he wanted to discuss, maybe massage-related, maybe probably business, uh, marketing-related as well, online distribution. So happy to uh, have Trent Knox on the show. Absolutely. Still trying to figure out uh, some some settings, but now we're good. Uh, Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I want to add some some contextual value to you, your podcast again, because I feel like the two initial podcasts, um, I didn't really know what the industry or business of massage was like. Yeah. Um, so just give me a second and, uh, we'll be good to go. Master. Okay. Okay. Or actually, that's not the right. Boom, turn that down is what I'm looking for. Okay, so now I can still hear you, I believe. I can still hear you. You can still hear me and, uh, loud and clear? Nope, still going through the master. So, gotta figure out how to get rid of that. Hearing. Okay, so uh, are you there? Yeah. Ah. Doing fine. And I'll clear on my end. Okay. There we go. Now I can hear you and everything is good right. to go. Um, yeah, so I think that I can just, uh, I want to, you know, add a little bit more context to, from where I uh, see it now and where. Um, beforehand, I didn't really understand is that, uh, with media, you are pretty much in relation to a lot of other massage therapists, the only shop in town. Uh, I think that, you know, when, when people go on Facebook, when they go on YouTube, when they go on, uh, any platform to be social, the only there's there's really no competition for you um and so no. like so i think that the previous uh podcast that we did together we didn't really discuss your history uh with with media what was that like what how did you oh. what was the first computer you touched <laughs> what was the you know and which so how did you start here's here's what that? here's what i remember um when I was probably in, like, I might have been a freshman or a sophomore in high school, yeah. my mom got a computer, and we, we eventually upgraded. Uh-oh, we lost, uh, we lost Robert. Hopefully he comes back. I 
don't know what happened. Uh, one. <laughs> Let's see if we can uh, we can oh. get him back. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Hold on, I can't I can't hear you. What? Well, you there? I'm still here. Okay, yep. good. Uh, yeah, you your 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 connection disconnected. So you. Yeah, I'm you not remember? sure why. So, you remember what? I remember my mom getting a computer and eventually like upgrading to we had something that was like I think it was 90 megahertz was like the speed it ran at or something. Uh-huh. And it was just like this, you know, this big deal because this box came into the room and you could connect to, you know, things and it was like through dial up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so for me as a kid being a freshman or a sophomore in high school, um I mostly like played games on the computer, but I didn't like I didn't see the advent of the internet. Yeah. Um, I was very afraid of the computer. The computer is going to break. My mom is going to be angry. She spent a lot of money on this as an expensive toy. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I got to college that I discovered the internet for the first time. So I was eighteen or nineteen years old, and once I started. Uh, accessing information that way. This is way before YouTube. This is yeah. 95. Yeah, 1995 was probably the time I was first on the internet ever. Yeah. And then through probably 96, 97, yeah. something like that, increasingly, I just spent times on like, I think it wasn't Yahoo Groups. It was like uh, Yahoo had like a, a, a directory. Mm-hmm. So you could click on like history and look up stuff related to history and then you know, uh, like that. So it's more like Craigslist I at the time. Used, yeah, I mean, it was. It's so hard to explain what it was like because it's just it's so so completely different now yeah. than it was. And you know, it just feels like ancient history at this point. Um, but I accessed information. The thing was, I didn't see a commercial application for the internet at that time because the idea of somebody putting a credit card online was just like absurd. Yeah. So what happened was, I in some ways. Even though I was accessing the internet for information, I wasn't really swept up in computers as a whole. When smartphones started to develop, I remember being at parties and it was like uh, you'd try to have a conversation with someone and they'd be looking at their phone because they were texting. Mm-hmm. And that was new. That was very new technology at that point. And I couldn't understand why people just couldn't have a conversation. Why do they have this this phone in their face? Because... I didn't understand that the phone was a computer. Mm-hmm. Like it, did, it hadn't made that realization yet. So there was a point in time where I was I was scouring the internet for information on organic gardening, vermicomposting. You know, I felt like people were disconnected from the land. They didn't know how their food was grown. Sort of more of a hippie ideal. Yeah. So I was doing lots of gardening, and I learned this stuff online. Yeah, but. It hadn't been applied to my business yet, and mm-hmm. my wife, uh, or now wife, yeah. my wife at the time, when I talked to her about it, I was having problems with my business. I couldn't get it really to take off. Uh-huh. Like you know, I was like kind of downtrodden about it, and said, "Hey, you know, am I not a very good massage therapist?" And she's like, "Baby, you're a wonderful therapist. Like your yeah. your massage therapy skills are amazing." She's yeah. like, "You don't know how to run a business." Mm-hmm. And she's a little bit older than me, and I was like, "Well, so what do I do?" And she's like, "Well, you need a website, and then you know, to blog." And even saying blog at that time, it was like blog. What does that mean? I don't understand. Like, I didn't know what those things were. 
what happened was as I started to focus on business and worked with her slowly in the beginning to get an idea of what was going on, you understood like YouTube, um, you understood Twitter a little bit. Like yeah. there was this capacity to like reach out in a way you couldn't before. Yeah. You could have a website, you could, you know, have, you could make a YouTube video, put the YouTube video up, put the YouTube video in your blog, you know. Mm-hmm. And as I started to do it very slowly years ago, you started to get traffic. So that positive reinforcement essentially did the following. Instead of being a Luddite who eschewed technology, I wasn't Amish, like I still lived in the modern world. I still use the internet for research, but I wasn't really a big fan of technology. It was yeah. kind of a push back against it. Mm-hmm. I started to actually go the opposite direction. And one of the things that did finally click for me is I had learned the bulk of what I knew about organic gardening, vermicomposting from the internet. Mm-hmm. It had essentially allowed me to like preserve and continue education about things that I thought were great because I could find these little niche communities to learn things, you know, about those uh, subjects. So we were in a situation where when I started to get positive reinforcement from clients, um, in other words, I was getting clients, I was getting students, things were, you know, developing. I just continue to try to maximize that potential. So now I have a very different uh, mindset. And Ray Kurzweil's book, uh, The Singularity is Near, was a real benchmark in my development because Ray Kurzweil had the capacity in the book to lay out technological development and explain this uptick and sort of chart out what was going on so that it made sense in an incremental way so that I had a bigger picture of its development. I mean, if you look mm-hmm. at popular culture and what people think about technology, the last Terminator film just came out. Yeah. AI goes berserk, Skynet. Mm-hmm. You look at the Matrix, you know, AI goes berserk, you know, takes over. Um, I don't really look at things that way. I mean, I think those are wonderful films. I love those. But mm-hmm. for its reality, the internet is allowing you and I, with a little bit of equipment, this is my phone. Mm-hmm. Like if if people if I had understood this in like 1990, mm-hmm. I mean because we had ideas we'd seen Star Trek but we didn't know this was going to develop you know so rapidly. Yeah. I could have like charted my life in a slightly different way to deal with those advances, but I think a lot of our challenges are coming from the fact as an overall economy in the right. United States that artificial intelligence and robotics. And uh, technology is basically eating industries. And it mm-hmm. might not be eating you know, massage as an industry specifically because I still have to deliver that hands-on. At the same time, it's eating all the stuff around it. It's yeah. eating business cards. It's eating communication. It's eating online scheduling. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick early break here and um, let the ad run real quick. Um, just a short, short break. All right. So this is Trent Knox. I'm the behind the scenes podcast producer for Robert Gardner Wellness usually. Um, but I hopped in on at this time. We had a guest that uh, we had some trouble getting connected onto the show. So we uh, we decided to come in here and we are we are taking calls during this live show. 
Uh, it's 512-539-0442. If you have any questions for Robert Gardner, give us a call and we will have you on the show. Um, so you, your experience with the internet um, and finding out that it became, it has become somewhere that you can utilize as a marketplace. Um, let's talk about, I guess, I, I think that a lot of people at this time, the controversy with what we we did last week with the podcast and talking about more controversial subjects in the now, why are we seeing kind of this question of your validity happening? Why are we seeing people say... Me? Yeah, you in particular, as in saying like, you know, uh, you're not um, an apprentice of someone who's from Thailand. You're not a traditionalist. And also they don't see you as particularly an educator because of your methodology, your, your, I guess they would say modality of the way that you teach in that the way that you teach, the mode that you teach in is ask me a question and I'll give you an answer rather than ask uh, I'll ask you a question and you tell me the answer. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, reasons for that. But in the end, traditional educational structures are breaking down. Mm-hmm. We talked about technology eating industries. Universities are in trouble. Universities are charging more and mm-hmm. the value of their education is going down. Right. That's a fact. That That's Harvard. You mm-hmm. know, it's like even even Ivy League schools. The difference is I started using technology to teach and share what I did understand. I don't have even a bachelor's degree. I dropped out of college because I was in chronic pain from a car accident. I didn't go through the usual channels to be able to share, teach, and develop what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, my workbooks and DVDs, I have an entire set of four workbooks and, you know, four DVD sets on Thai massage. These are not published. These are self-published. Right. The challenge is we have the technology to do that now. And when I put myself out there and, and I'm a leading educator, people are like kind of like sort of they get to a point where they're like, we don't like you. We don't like what you're saying. And it's like, yes, I'm not programmed the way everybody else is programmed in school. I dealt with as a philosophy student deprogramming myself. Yeah. I ask questions. It's what I do. It's what I do best. Let's go. Now – it doesn't mean I know everything. I'm very open, very transparent. The challenge is the internet gives me distribution and other people don't want to take advantage of it. When people act like time massage came from the Buddha and came from the father, Dr. Jivaka, and it's been handed down as an unbroken lineage, they want to know who did I study with? Well, my original teacher of time massage does not want to be contacted. She no longer does time massage. She doesn't want to talk about time massage. So... I don't talk about her because as things grow, I don't want people contacting her and making my life hell, making her angry. Yeah. So what happened was, in a weird way, it was frustrating because I didn't have lineage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I could talk about this more in length, but not having lineage in time massage is like verboten. Like that's not, that's mm-hmm. not done. This is a bodywork tradition, if you want to call it that, that essentially comes from a religious tradition, Theravada mm-hmm. Buddhism. So – for me to step out and start teaching, even if I had my teacher's permission, which I did, it still feels to them like I don't, I don't have control of the lineage. And I'm like, listen, you guys go teach whatever you want to teach. It's cool. You can say my shit is crap. It doesn't matter. You have, you have access to the same technology I have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out and teach and share the stuff I do. 
Yeah. Um, there will be a challenge because they don't understand if, if they've not been following me, we tried to rebrand under a new name so I can stop talking about time massage. Yeah. I've developed on time massage. I adapted things. I made it easier on my body, you know, on and on and on. The challenge is they have a tradition that they're trying to uphold. Now, right. what does technolo technology do with traditions? It disrupts them, which is the nature of the beast. Like Americans who are studying Buddhism, like listen to the Dalai Lama, listen to Thich Nhat Han, listen to Zen, listen to you know Suzuki, the DT Suzuki. They, you know, they mix and match and blend because that's what Americans do. That's essentially right. what I've done with massage and body work. That's just the end of the story. I think people are angry because I put myself up as a leading educator in the massage industry and they're like, who appointed you? And I'm like, I did. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no gatekeeper anymore. Right. The gatekeepers are dying. That's what I'm saying about universities. Like, you know, you can learn most of the stuff that you're trying to learn probably on YouTube if you're willing to dig. Yeah. So the whole, whole uh, culture at large is dealing with these uh, information distribution uh, issues. You know, it's like you need a, you know, you need to be a CPA to be an accountant. Do you yeah. need a, a CPA to be a bookkeeper? Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Like you can learn all the stuff, but it's like if uh, you used to be able to go to law school, um, you could go and be a lawyer if you just went and took the bar. You could just go take the bar exam, and if you pass the bar exam, congratulations, you're a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Now they force you to go through law school. Yeah. You can't just go take the bar. You have to have the degree, and see, that's the thing. There's a gatekeeper thing that I just completely eschew. I just don't think it's, it's beneficial, especially in an industry like mine where you're essentially just dealing with muscle manipulation. Like, so I'm going to make, it's probably, a very I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a, a probably super controversial uh, – assimilation to massage um you know a lot of people a lot of um people in the hip-hop um industry want to say that it is a black art and it is only a black art so that's your physical that's your it's almost like you know the black panthers are the only people who can who can do hip-hop okay yeah so that's that and then it's almost like uh, they did the documentary um, A Black Klansman, okay? So if you're white, you can only be in the KKK. So do they seem to understand that that sort of behavior, that behavior of the mindset, is the same as being a Nazi? So this belief system that you pass down based on the spoken word, that's the only thing that validates you? based on a lineage that's not, you know, um, ethnically related? Or do they still want to hold time massage as ethnically and uh, cognitively? You have to be... Um, so, to me, there, there's issues of uh, cultural appropriation. There's issues of historical fact there's issues of culture you know these things will continue to be an issue for years to come 
when you talk about hip hop, the challenge is, did it start essentially in like, I would say New York in like the African American sort of community? Sure. Mm-hmm. The challenge is as it continues to grow and evolve, as I've seen, you know, cause I was born in 77. So I got to see some of the evolution of hip hop over the course of my lifetime as an art form, it continues to develop and evolve. And how do we say who has an impact on it? Mm-hmm. You, if you look at if you look at the arguments you see of people attacking me online for teaching Thai massage, mm-hmm. they're as white as I am. Mm-hmm. It's never okay. somebody who's Thai. I've never had somebody who's Thai contact me and say, "Hey, you're not supposed to be teaching this. You aren't Thai. You were not trained by someone who is Thai." You have culturally appropriated somebody's, you know, healing art. Mm-hmm. That's not, not what happens. I get someone who's trying to be the gatekeeper, who's as white as I am, saying, "You can't do that. You didn't study with people in Thailand." And I say, "Okay, but my teacher studied with people in Thailand. I represented yeah. something that has already happened in the yoga community." Because mm-hmm. when people say, "What do you mean you teach Thai massage and you're, you know, you're never going to Thailand?" I'm like, "Well, I teach yoga and I've never been to India." Yeah, And they get angry because what happened is yoga, yes, is initially an Indian art form. Mm-hmm. It is from Indian and Hindu culture. It has been translated into the West. And Westerners now, there are more people in the West doing yoga mm-hmm. than in India. Is yoga long term, is it Indian or is it Western now? Mm-hmm. That, and that's a controversial discussion argument because people like me are having an influence on how Hatha yoga is practiced in the West. That process is still in its early stages with Thai massage. I represented a sort of benchmark for that, in my opinion. You know, I'm very outspoken, uh, not gatekeeper sort of teacher. And I went here. Here's mm-hmm. the basics of the biomechanics of Thai massage. Let's go. Yeah. And then when I say, listen, traditional Thai massage teachers and people in Thailand are going to make more money because we're promoting the practice in the United States and the overall pie grows in size. I'm not taking their slice. Yeah. You know, I'm just teaching, trying to help people. I've got an entire industry of massage therapists whose hands are falling off, who don't make enough money. Yeah. We can talk about cultural appropriation, but, you know, I grew up in South Louisiana, and I, I use this in class in relation to food, gumbo. Is gumbo a European dish? Is it an African dish or is it a Caribbean dish? That's what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is a uniquely American art form. Yes, should we give credit and history to like to the people that created it? Absolutely. But what does it evolve into? Mm-hmm. How does it influence popular music? And in that case, if you flip it into time massage, how does time massage develop and adapt in the United States? What is an American form of time massage? To traditionalists, that is completely verboten. That is so, completely, yeah. So uh, we have Erica Skivala, us, I think, I, maybe I can't read that right, but um, she says, I'm just glad we have Thai yoga teachers and practitioners in the West, period. Everybody wins. So, um, yeah. Okay, so from there's a question in my head about this was essentially did massage yoga in any other um any other 
definition or word that they used exist in other cultures? The Native American culture? Did it exist in the Asia, uh, Northern Asian cultures? Did it exist in Russia? Did it exist it other way, places? It, Body it, depends, work, it depends on how you de- it depends on how you define those things. Okay. Once you get into definitions, because okay, in the West, yoga is hatha yoga, the physical yoga. In India, yoga is a much bigger thing, broader p- definition of which we've taken a sliver. Mm-hmm. So it's like hip hop. Is hip hop break dancing? Yeah. Well, under the KRS definition, tag, yes. Tag, tag, tagging walls, spray painting. Yes. Because that's a bigger part of the history of, of hip hop, but the stuff that's going to be preserved in most likelihood is the mm-hmm. music itself, and that's the same thing in traditional Thai massage. There's a broader spectrum within its own culture. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a sliver of it and going, "Hey guys, let's use this." Just like they took a sliver of hot the yoga and said, "Hey guys, let's use this. Mm-hmm. This is beneficial to us. This helps." Yeah. I'm not against people doing research or studying with other teachers. Like I'm very open to, about this. You said something about me uh, having students ask questions. Teachers operate in different ways. What I don't tend to do is I don't prop myself up like I'm some sort of guru figure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have the lineage that comes down from the Buddha. I'm a little more enlightened than the people around me, and I'm going to share this information with you underlings. No. I absolutely eschew that entire behavior. That's mm-hmm. just not, it doesn't appeal to me. I find it abhorrent uh, morally and ethically. Okay. What I do is I say, listen, I was taught time massage by a Westerner who gave me the foundation and allowed me to improvise. As I continued to improvise in isolation, I kept changing and tweaking it and making it fitting my body to where I still think it's extremely high caliber work, but it's not traditional. I'm a yoga teacher too. I'm mixing and matching and blending things to be able to help people with their physical bodies. I'm happy to rebrand and move on. My trademark was declined. When the trademark is declined, I have to fall back on what I did before, which is time massage. Mm-hmm. The practice will continue to evolve. Westerners will continue have to have their effect upon it. And it's an exceedingly complex issue that I think is maybe similar to what you're mentioning with hip hop. You know, it's like talking about who owns an art form, um, who's allowed to change an art form. You know, it just goes on and on and on. I just look at it and went, okay, I don't think people are understanding the fact that when they say, well, you can just go to Thailand. If you are an American who is able to afford to go to Thailand so you can have lineage, Mm -hmm. you have to have a lot of money. There is a class issue. Like I, I tell people, I'm like, listen, I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. When you watch footage from Hurricane Katrina, those are my relatives. Poverty. Like I didn't have enough money to go to Thailand to be able to – like I have Thai massage teachers contact me rudely and say, when are you going to Thailand? And I'm like, when I can afford it. Mm-hmm. Like you're asking me to spend thousands and thousands of dollars – to go to another country to experience their healing art in its native environment. I don't think they understand the economic and class issues they're dealing with. Hmm. Hmm. So before I, we jumped on this podcast, I was listening to the, the Jay-Z uh, Eminem uh, collaboration renegade. And, um, you know, I wanted to, to have a portion of this podcast speak on the fact that, uh, that, podcasting to a degree is a competitive 
uh, art form. Something like battle rap, you know. Um, and you, you as a creator uh, massa- in massage, creating podcasts, me as a creator uh, in, pod- in podcasting uh, in esports uh, would be like the flavor, I guess, and sometimes uh, it, it can get to a space where you, you're the only one doing that thing. And you, you need some, you need an arena to, 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 to compete in. So at times podcasting can become kind of frustrating when, when there's, there's not, there's not somebody of the caliber to battle rap with you, you know? Um, so you, you, you end up, and I think a lot of cases talking to people that, that um do they they're not trying to change the industry of massage they think they're they're not making any money not changing the massage they they they're you know them being high and mighty saying you have to come down this lineage of of massage therapists they're not making any money from it so what's the value in 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 it at all you know and 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 people want to you know, I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, okay, so somebody wants to argue against capitalism being derived from a, from the United States as a cultural, uh, cultural phenomenon. But it's not like we haven't had monetary systems around the world. So what, what are you waking up and getting paid in hugs? I mean, like, how are people effectively creating businesses to, to financially to have financial stability and be proactive in their business massage industry and and regardless of your definition and and however you're being pretentious about that definition and that's why I said that that way is Robert offers a alternative to the traditional system that is affordable to most people in the and that that how did you get to that place how did you get to the point point so, where you were like subscription, the ability to mass, you know, to scale? So here, here was the bottom line. I, I listen. I was in chronic pain, and when mm-hmm. I say I was in chronic pain, like I don't think people fully understand the story. I was hit by a drunk driver in 1999. I had a horrible whiplash. The medical community t- took X-rays and said you're fine. There's nothing wrong. And I said I need drugs. I'm in pain. I'm in horrible pain. You don't understand. I hurt. And they said, well, there's nothing wrong with you. We can't give you pain medication. You're going to become addicted to it. And I'm like, so what do I do? And basically, that's where I took that philosophical bent and flipped it into massage because massage was the only thing that seemed to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. As I kept digging, I kept digging, I kept digging because I had to get better. When, when I'm sick, I have a really internally vested interest in getting better. Mm-hmm. As I found things that helped me get better, I said, oh – well, I can teach this to other people. I can share this information with other people. I got into yoga. I got into Thai massage. I was using this active thing that I do to myself, and I was using this passive thing that people do to me, and I was putting them together. I was improving, and I kept teaching, and here's what happened. Every facility I worked in blocked me. They would, have not, they would not allow me to do Thai massage. They would not allow me to put in a mat. It didn't matter that it was easier on my body. It didn't matter that it was more effective. They're like, no, that is not massage. That is not what our customers are paying for. And I was like, you are going to get the fuck out of my way, and I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, in other words, this is what I'm going to do. 
now you're going to either come with me or you're going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. And I, and I did it and I had to do it incrementally the same way you break down a wall. You go under it, over it, around it, or through it by butting your head against it until the brakes break down. I just decided to do it. And once I kept going, what I realized was time massage was completely unknown. I live mm-hmm. in central Texas. There were no time massage practitioners. Mm-hmm. It was it was all Swedish and deep tissue. It was all what the local schools were teaching. Time massage did not exist. I called my teacher and said, yo, teach, listen, you know, I want to teach this. And she mm-hmm. was a little taken aback because I'd been much more kind of maybe shy, um, not as confident when I was studying with her. Okay. But after years of practice on my own with what she had taught me, continuing to refine it, refine it, refine it, she was like, oh, Robert, you took – Oh my God, like how many classes did you were you a teaching assistant? Like you know it. You're a yoga teacher, you know it. I've I've worked with you. She's like, go. And she said, just make your own workbook. And that was where the initial, like, oh, okay, yeah, now I can make a little workbook. So as I continued developing, I realized I was never gonna be able to meet consumer demand. The way that I could meet consumer demand was to teach. And by teaching, you're taking the therapist and training them to work on more people so the work expands. Mm -hmm. I just decided this was what I was going to do. It feels to me a lot like, you know, Eminem. What did Eminem think as a young white guy, you know, getting involved in rap and hip hop? It's like, no, he had a dream and this is what he wanted to do and you were going to get out of his way. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, I'm white. I'm going to have to battle that. Okay, he doesn't have lineage. He's not black. He's, you know, whatever. It's like he just decided to do it. And here was the thing. Nobody cared that I was giving away a free workbook for eight years. Nobody cared that I had a table tie workbook and a DVD set for six years. It's only now that we continue to grow that people are like, stop this guy. And I'm like, stop me from what? It's like basically you just have haters. Mm-hmm. It's like there are people who don't like Eminem. Eminem doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just need enough fans to be able to keep going. I represent something that's completely unheard of in the Western marketplace. Matte base clothes on bodywork represents less than 1%. It's got to of the overall massage marketplace. My practice is a statistical anomaly. Mm-hmm. Like I literally look at students and I'm like, listen, I'm arrogant. I'm brash. I'm rude. I'm gross. I'm this, I'm that I'm arrogant. It's like, and if I make a living doing this, imagine how much you can do as an attractive woman mm-hmm. who is nice and kind. It's like, it, I offer an alternative, and that's what the problem is. Everybody's still interacting with the industry like it's still what it was in 1995. Mm-hmm. There are options. There are differences in practices. Um, I started Massage Entrepreneurs, and again, I'm just stubborn. I knew that I had something that was of quality that I could sell in the marketplace. I could continue teaching and sharing, but there is some antagonism because I represent a very different mindset than what you're getting from massage school. Yeah. Like I just don't I just don't interact with that. It's like if you had a superior product or service, why can't you go sell it? Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about that after we run back from break. So real quick break. See you guys on the other side all right we're back from break this is the robert gardner well 
Wellness Podcast. I am the producer, Trent Knox, alongside the host, Robert Gardner. Uh, we're currently taking live calls, so if you want to call in, 512-539-0442. And if you're listening to this on the uh, podcast version, feel free to leave a comment, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. So before the break, we were talking about essentially what the what the bricks were as you were building the house that you are currently living in. And as you progress from the uh, in uh, um, the physical work that you did in massage and body work and having aspects of Thai massage, but your whole practice was not Thai massage. It had aspects of it as a sliver, as you said, in input into your work. And you studied from other versions of massage as well, Swedish and other other places like that. Then you were able to take that and you, your practice that you built in person. Then you moved it on to online, and as an online, you started working on workbooks and whatnot. And you were saying that they weren't they weren't uh, agitated. They didn't think that you were doing something wrong, um, and I'm not sure that they think you're doing it wrong now. They just want to regulate it in ways uh, to this is how it's supposed to be done, even though they don't know what this is how what this is. So. And we're not saying that we know what this is. We will only know, you know, after after we're long and gone, they'll know what we we did. You know what I mean? Um, just so much as I'm sure that in the time of the Buddha, they didn't know what was going on. They were like, "What is this guy sitting around trees saying things about uh, how you're supposed to live your life? This guy must be crazy," you know? But then, yeah. in practicality, long t- long way down the road, even Jesus himself was thinking about the Buddha, and even Gandhi himself was thinking about the the Buddha, and that sort of thing was being passed along as traditions change. But it it, it kind of is like strange how you know Western European people. Even Africans at this time aren't going and saying cultural appropriation, but we see that from demographics in the southern Asian countries, from the northern Asian countries. Now, when we talk about though, you have to understand, okay, one of my colleagues is half Thai, okay, and she wrote me privately and she said, Robert, I read some of those threads online. That is the most absurd shit I have ever read. Mm-hmm. She's like, all of those people who are saying that you culturally appropriate Thai massage are as white as you are. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm half Thai. Like, I, I work with you. I study with you. Mm-hmm. She's like, nobody from Thailand is criticizing you for what you've done. And I'm like, I know, but I have to, you know, tread cautiously in how I handle these things. Mm-hmm. Because it's only white people who are trying to be the gatekeepers who are trying to say, no, 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 the tradition and lineage only goes through us. I don't know if that I, – I, see, I have a different perspective because I think it's – I think it is, you know, in – it is a combination of the multiculturalism being – looking downward and in that – the the there is a Anglo-Saxon aspect of massage, uh, 
but that doesn't the only reason why they're doing that is to troll there's there's no they're not they're trying to prevent you from being successful monetarily not from you know spreading the word of time massage the 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 bigger problem i think is that in the reverse they don't want to see themselves as the culture vultures they don't want to see themselves as appropriating white culture so when you get south southern southeast asian or african or northern asian or middle eastern people taking over jobs in america do they say do do we say that they're culturally appropriating capitalism i think the challenge is this is my guess very quickly and i'm not an expert on these when it comes to appropriation it has to do with punching up or punching down Mm -hmm. from an elevated financial and social status are white people reaching into other cultures and basically stealing things and saying it's their own because it's a power dynamic. Like people in Thailand might not have access to the resources I have to be able to create a podcast and um, have the education I have. And I'd say or that's whatever. horseshit. That's horseshit. Well, I mean, we could, but the thing is, I yeah. think appropriation generally—that's how it works. Generally, it's a, it's a power dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. We can argue about that and probably go on about it forever. I have to be clear. Like in my first workbook, the workbook is free. By the way, I give it away. Mm-hmm. I basically thank the Buddha, I thank the Father Dr. Jivika, and I thank the people of Thailand. And I say, listen, let's get to work. Let's go ahead and start the process of like opening this work in the West and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Am I irritated when my students leave and go study with traditional teachers? No. Am I irritated when my students go, I want to go to Thailand? I'm like, go, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to help more people. I'm not trying to say it's mine. I'm trying to say, listen... This is what I know of Thai massage. I think this stuff is beneficial here. Nobody gets mad when I give it away for free. Nobody gets mad that I have a YouTube channel. When I start to make money, then they go, oh, he stole this. And I'm like, wait, hold on. So the Thai massage jam, I've been running in Austin for five years. No, five years, eight years. It's $5. And you're angry at me because I'm charging for it? That's ludicrous. I think that people are more it's less about the the historical cultural aspect and they're just frustrated because they have social anxiety. I think everyone seems to be frustrated with other people who are better at making friends or being friendly, you know, and it seems that these people who hold the Buddha in high regard don't hold also his methods in high regard in his, the way that he treated other people. It's like they don't see that what they're saying is has negative connotations they don't see that it is the pre it is the barrier or blockade or obstacle to progress or innovation 
a lot of people's behavior towards people is based on how they feel. When some teacher or someone who does Thai massage sees me on a podcast, sees me in video, sees me regularly, how do they feel about themselves sitting on a couch doing almost nothing? Haters just don't like the fact that somebody else is doing something. That's what I feel like it is, and it's that's the end of the story. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not about Buddhism. It's not about culture. It's not even about cultural appropriation. Yeah. It's just I decided to take the little bit that I understood, go out and teach, share, help people. That's what the right. Buddha did, by the way. He had some information. He decided to go out, teach, share, and help people. That's all. Yeah. That's all. He gave him the four, you know, the four noble truths and the eightfold path, and said, "Hey." Like I, I joke about this sometimes. It's like if Facebook Live had been available whenever the Buddha achieved enlightenment, would the Buddha have like set up his tripod and pressed a button on his phone and like delivered the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path on social media? Yes. Yeah. Basically, what we have to deal with in 2019 is what would the Buddha tweet? And, and that's it, what they don't understand. But at the same time, in contrast, so would have Genghis Khan, so would yes. have the Zaoist uh, temple. Uh, I can't think of the right word right now, but the leaders yeah. in the Zaoist temple, Zaoist, yeah. everyone would have done that because it would have spread the message. Now, do we see the Pope doing that? Yes. Do we see the president doing that? Yes. Well, well then the question is, is why aren't you doing it? Me or them? No, not you, but the people that are frustrated with the fact that you're being progressive. Because they, traditionalists, feel like this tradition is only passed down from teacher to student, one-on-one, in person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only. Does, no, uh, it, it, yeah. But then they should adversely understand that the word the words that are being used are not the thing so in many ways the vocabulary that they choose to use should it not be in the native tongue well the printing press led to the protestant reformation the internet and the technology we're using is going to do things that are going to dwarf the Protestant Reformation. Right. That's what we're dealing with. Was yeah. it okay to translate the Bible from Latin to whatever the local language was in Germany? That was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Led to the Protestant Reformation, the printing press, that technology. Yes. That's essentially what's going on now because Robert Gardner has a subscription with 424 hours of his classes. But you're not walking around... You're not walking around saying that you're you're saying this is time massage, but I'm not here to validate you in their system. That's not what this is about. I don't no. think you're going around saying that. So no. what are they frustrated about? They're frustrated that I'm doing things and they don't like it. Okay. Well, it sucks to be a hater. I mean, really, I feel sorry for you. It must really suck to like see a, a pasty white guy. You know, doing like, things <laughs> like yeah. sorry you're just gonna have to deal with it like i'm not gonna stop yeah. you know it's like i only have so much time i'm here to ease suffering mm-hmm. and that's what i do and the thing is just from a traditionalist and this is a theoretical thing 
one of the fundamental breaks I had with the traditional time massage community as I started to learn more from interaction with other teachers was they're like, no, tradition, tradition, tradition. And I said, what about science? And they said, no, tradition. And I said, I want nothing to do with what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that traditional healthcare in the Buddhist time was just to let people die because we didn't have antibiotics? I think antibiotics are good. I think antibiotics ease suffering. And they say, no, tradition. And I'm like, no. Like I've, I've literally seen on traditional time massage forums somebody say, hey, somebody has a sinus infection. What herbs should we use? And I wanted to lose my mind and go, listen. First, this person has an infection near their brain. I think we should put them on antibiotics first. We know that works. There's a consistent methodology here. Then we can talk about what herbs we want them to take. Like, I don't, that this is, this is ludicrous to me. It's not because I think herbs are bad or, you know, traditional medicine is bad. It's just that question goes to the heart of what the issue is. The practice of Buddhism has to evolve. It has to, or it dies. All things have to evolve, okay? They have to change. They have to develop. That includes time massage. I took the biomechanics, which I think completely work, and I looked at pain science. I talked to Walt Fritz. I talked to other educators. I talked to Jason Erickson and started to go, huh, well, I know that the physical application works, but why does it work? And I, and the more I did that, the more it was like, this isn't traditional. And I'm like, I was never trying to be traditional. I don't know what this focus on tradition is or why you think tradition is so good. It's like, as, as an American, I hate to say this, but traditionally, slavery was okay. Like, we change. We evolve. We develop ethically and morally. Those things are abhorrent to us now. It's the same thing. Like, you know, Buddhism was only, in my knowledge, to like essentially taught primarily to men. Men were monks, not women. Now, that's changed in time. Yoga was only taught to men, not women. Those things change. Am I saying we shouldn't teach women? No. 80% of the massage industry in the United States is women. Like, it's a different place. It's a different culture. It's a different time. If people don't like what I'm doing, great. Don't like what I'm doing. Why are you wasting time ir- being irritated at me when you can go out and help people? I don't know. This, I think that's a mic drop right there. But at the same point in time, we need to give it its, <laughs> give it, give it its air there. And uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Robert Gardner Wellness. All right, we're back. This is Trent Knox, podcast producer for Robert Gardner Wellness, and we have your host, Robert Gardner, in the house. If you would like to be on the show, this is the last 15 minutes. We might go a little bit longer. Uh, For the podcast, you can call in at 512-539-0442 and ask your questions from Robert Gardner. Get your massage and body work, your yoga, your uh, Pilates, anything in the health and wellness industry. Robert will like to answer your questions. Even if you have just a random question about Rick and Morty, come on in and ask the question and we will uh, figure it out. But I wanted to I wanted to, you know, give you the opportunity to ask me as a uh, a videographer or someone who you know studies the video game uh my perspective on something that maybe you're looking into or something like that 
So when it comes to, to video production, you know more about the the insides, like the inner workings than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just look at it as a consumer almost. I mean, I produce, but it's it's almost like I don't need to know exactly how the camera works from a physics mm-hmm. standpoint to be able to produce art with it. What do people not understand about what is coming technologically with cameras, about video production, about live streaming, for instance? Because live streaming is sort of a different art than post-production. Like, uh, I think you saw The Irishman recently on Netflix. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Scorsese and those guys are editing that footage after the fact. Like yeah. to every little detail. Like they get the actors to do stuff, but every they're like scripting it together, putting it together. Um, I watched it for the second time and noticed like new things and how it was, you know, put together as a piece of art. Live mm-hmm. streaming is like unscripted in, in some ways. It's improvisational, I think, by its very nature. What are some of the things people don't understand about video production in 2019? Okay, I would like to tie this into something that you said at the time this was jam. Um, so if anybody wants to go back and look at the video on demand of yesterday, of uh, two days ago's time I saw jam, Robert mentions that the reason why in many ways that he does video production is to document his process so that if someone were to come in and say, hey, you said this, this way to come back and say, uh, I've been on camera. Here's the the truth. This is what I said. And this is the proof that I said it this way. So that's one of the reasons it's, it's almost in some ways going to be your defense in the court of public opinion. So I think that's one of the benefits for anybody who is an influencer in an industry or somebody who is creating content for um, a hobby or anything like that. I think this kind of ties into some of the bigger conversations about, um, you know Epstein and and uh, and the royal family and things that maybe they just didn't have the they didn't have their own Scorsese changing things and and put and painting the picture uh, for them. So if I was to take put it maybe in, in in simpler terms or try and bring it down to a, a elementary level. Uh, for people and then I'll take that and paint a bigger picture here the the way that we consume videos because I see myself as a consumer as well as a producer is through systems that aren't really built for the future even I say that which basically means that any technology that we have today will not be anywhere near what we have in the future and have the feature capability that we will have in 20 years but for some of us we we you know we were trained by our father or our mother how to operate the television remote basically a lot of what happens is that as we were growing up we were either told to throw the directions out the window or we were told to hold the directions. And in my case, I like to read those technical manuals. And I would find out about certain features on a remote that allowed me to to do something that the majority of people didn't understand. And that's what I that's how I look at 
live streaming now is I read the manual for live streaming. Nobody's using the feature on the camera. They're doing it the other they're doing post production work where they're, you know they're not looking to figure out how they can do that production in the moment. So what it's as we develop and our screens become more and more connected, they call this uh, the Internet of Things, IoT devices, we will start to have more access to information in real time. Most of the information, like you're talking about the Irish man, man, man or men, Irishman or a man, uh, is it's it's already out of date. The data that we're learning from that that story is come and gone. The thing that they are doing with Netflix, which is vastly different than than what we've seen before, and some people want will eventually call this I the Mandela effect of things, is that they are producing multiple versions of the video and they're able to see through an analytics what parts are doing well and what parts are not doing well based on audience retention rate. So then if they think that a certain portion of the movie is too slow or too fast they can just insert words or new scenes into the video along the timeline now that's pretty crazy like in 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 terms of in terms of how it used to be where people have been complaining like they think that there was this movie called shazam or this movie called um i forget what they call it but the movie with um uh, Sinbad in it that doesn't exist anymore. Or they talk about how uh, in the movie um, Forrest Gump, he said the this word this way. But what they're able to do with new technology is adjust to what the majority of people remember. So what this technology is doing is in one way live video which i'm sure in the future they'll have you know more powerful quantum computers in order to in the moment switch the language of the way that people communicate but at this time live streaming is the only thing that seems to me to be authentic it mean what what i mean by that is that there's nothing there's nothing to it that um, there's nothing that that taints the message, and any it, it you, the only way that it can be misconstrued is by perception or understanding, and that's individual. That's based on the individual. It's not based on a hive mind or based off of um, a collective consciousness. It's based off of an internal consciousness. So. That that particularly live video provides that authenticity, provides that real thing. But at the same to- point in time, that technology can be negated through regulation by something that, that's currently happening in the U.S. Congress and in inter- international courts when Mark Zuckerberg sits b- before these these ambassadors, lawmakers, and basically fights to, to figure out whether or not these 
live streaming platforms are actually publishers because what they're ending they're 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 doing at this time is pl- these platforms are are dictating who they decide will be successful by metrics on the platform they the the publishing aspect um hold on one second we're getting a caller so i'm going to see if they uh if they want to come on the show let's see hello you're on the robert gardner wellness podcast Nope. No answer. Okay, so as I was saying, that the technology is it takes it takes someone who is the minds the the understanding at this time takes somebody who has both a a spiritual desire someone who's who's looking for answers that's the way what i see as a spiritual sense it takes a logical mindset which means that you're also willing to answer questions and it also takes an emotional standpoint because you need to understand how you feel uh, about about the things that you're doing whether that's watching videos, listening to music, doing massage. Do you is this is this what you want to do with your life? Is this how you want to live your life? Is this something is this the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life? And so I think that as technology kind of grows and as one of the aspects is that we're we're going to see where we're selling intelligence, the human intelligence to an artificial intelligence rather than a a um uh a just human intelligence based let's see if we can get this guy on the phone hello you're on the robert gardner wellness podcast hello sorry uh, i think you're calling the wrong number This is this this is Trent, not John. Hold on, hold on. It's not it's not uh it's not John. Uh somebody was worried about their stash. They were worried about their stash <laughs> and uh Concerned that that's John may uh, smoke up their stash, uh, and um, this is why we don't direct the phone calls directly into the podcast, so that people don't decri- don't incriminate themselves and uh, and and get themselves in trouble. Um, and I think that you know what's what's wild is that um, people will not do their research um, after having listened to that conversation. I realize that uh, you know. There, a lot of people won't look into Robert's, you know, history and and actually do their research because they're, you know, whether they're superficial, pretentious, or they just want to get a, a razz out of 
out of uh, out of someone. They're not going to look into the their their history and and I, you know if if you would like to hear about my history, you can just Google my, my name and then you'll find the where the reason why uh, I I'm 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 having these conversations with people like Robert uh, and other people who are in other industries about technology because much like Robert, I don't I don't uh, idolize or hold fantasy to the old world. I don't have any I, I, I mean I, not that I don't disrespect elders or not that I don't respect elders. I just think they're just as young as I was or they they feel you know they're as they progress they're they're just learning you know they're learning new things as well um and in no in nowhere during the timeline of your human existence do you do you do, do you know it all you know you may be 70% sufficient in a certain industry but in order for you to 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 improve or innovate you have to you have to do things like I do. We're going to other industries and listen to the thought leaders in that space, and then pull that 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 mantra into your own system. And I think that I think these people who get frustrated or hate on you know people like people like myself or Robert who are who aren't um, uh, you know uh, married to the idea uh, of I would say like oligarchy. Um, then then they're just going to hate they're just going to be a part of the system at all times they'll never they'll never create a system of their own they they'll just stay on that track and as if they just stay on that one track and do those loops 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 again there's going to be a certain demographic of people like themselves or maybe unlike themselves who in, who who appreciate that art form of loops and loops and loops and loops and loops and repetitive repetitive things but the changes come from a loop and then a line a line loop loop line and different formulas uh to create new things and i guess i'm trying to explain to in in multiple different ways through music through painting through construction through different the way that people speak languages and we could just be talking you know pretentiously all the time we could talk about lavish parties lamborghinis uh we could be talking about uh we could be talking about spas that you want to go to we could be talking about luxury relaxing all the time but what does that really do for the world at large that's a that's a very small demographic of people so do i look up to the scorseses the spielbergs the jj abrams the the uh the danny boyles of the world yes but they don't pay my bills what pays my bills is the blue collar, the uh, the 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 kid that has a dream, the you know, uh, the practicality, and and maybe one day, I'll, me partic- myself particularly, it'll be it'll I'll be have the chance to, you know, and I'm gonna I'm, this is just to throw shade a little bit, make a movie in Bollywood, but you know. Uh, that's just like 
that just seems pretentious to me. And I'm only really doing that is to throw shade at Hollywood by saying Bollywood. So what is it like? I mean, in your your initial question, and this, and I I like to you know give a long format answer so that people can pick and choose and figure out, and but everyone arrives at the same answer is is that technology is just going to 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 like you said disrupt, but it's also going to to simplify everything that we do on a daily basis, whether that's eating a sandwich whether that's uh, walking the dog, it's just going to completely, it's just going to be completely changing what we do. And the cameras and the, and the, 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 um, the music, the, the, I mean, I should say audio. So the visual, the audio and the written word are, 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 are in a, uh, in, in a revolution of sorts, but they always have been, you know. You talked about the printing press. Um, it's just, it, it it's just, it's just you got to use the tools. I, I I and and I'm not a you know for me I'm not against reading the manuals, but I'm also not against breaking the manuals. I'm not yeah. against using the tool for a a, a, a rule a, a a use case that the creator didn't know existed the technology allows new ways of connecting and disseminating information end of story it's going to do whatever it does when it comes to the (laughs) sense of freedom where zuckerberg and people are you know they can argue whether facebook has a monopoly whether this that and the other um the long arc yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. would say is towards justice, and I think it's also towards freedom. More freedom, more capacity to distribute, less control in some ways. Mm-hmm. And and I think adding to that is that you have to love what you do. So if you're a massage therapist or a body worker or yoga out there and you don't love it, why are you doing it? <clears throat> you know. Um, I, not to say that being frustrated does doesn't mean give up. Like you, you know. I think that that's 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 the thing. Is like uh, I'm frustrated with videographers. I think that some of them, particularly, you know, because because I as I as I kind of um, level up and I guess or or change what I do in certain ways is I'm frustrated because everybody thinks that. They gotta they gotta start off with a silver spoon, you know. Not I didn't. I mean, yes, in some ways, like I was born in America, that's a silver spoon. But I'd sell that away just to make a new America every day. And I think that that's what our founding fathers were 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 looking for was that the citizens would 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 be changing things and be innovative and not regressive and i think that a lot of the 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 current way that 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 the haters versus the lovers if that's the the haters they they want to go back to the old system but they didn't like the old system so why do they you know why do they want to go to the old well, system the the reason they want to go back the reason uh if i can make a very <clears throat> 
uh, potentially hated quote. The reason they want to make America great again is this might be horribly racist and backwards, but at least it's what we know. It feels very comfortable to just lean on tradition and history instead of allowing things to develop and evolve in ways that we don't know what's going on. I think that's what it is. Change is scary. Change is scary. I, I, I don't look at it that way. I don't look at it that way. I don't know why. I don't. I, I understand why people look at, you know, uh, m- you know, something like that. The great, the make America great again, uh, is some sort of like past tense functionality. I, I look at it as future tense. I don't look at it as as uh, past tense. And I also don't see what they see as far as, you know, uh, as far as the results of it are concerned because the results would argue that it's more progressive than it is regressive. The opportunities for, for people have only gotten larger. When it comes to a slogan like that, yeah, that slogan isn't a debate. How does that, that quote make America great again? How does it make people feel? I think a small demographic of people feel that they need to create a fire to incite violence from the group of from an, an individual society that isn't the society that the mainstream media wants to call it. So I don't see it as Anglo-Saxon. I see it as uh, Eastern belief systems. And those Eastern belief systems are the ones that want to 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 re- retroactively take themselves back to a feudalist system. I think in in our age, technological disruption is happening so fast mm-hmm. that societies <clears throat> are incapable of keeping up which induces a huge degree of anxiety in people. Yes. <clears throat> and there's a subset of people who will say they're generally more conservative mm-hmm. <clears throat> or they're generally, generally more liberal. Okay, yeah. People who are generally speaking, not Republican, not Democrat, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Generally more conservative people, sometimes they're, they're afraid, in my experience, they have anxiety about change. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it might not be perfect, but at least this is more understood. If we change too rapidly, too fast, mm-hmm. everything could go to hell and it feels like impermanence holds sway and nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. It might not be perfect, but at least from this conservative standpoint, it's more secure. Whereas on the other hand, I think people who are more liberal in a mindset, maybe, then we could argue about this they're maybe more open to change because they consider this bad enough that almost anything would be better. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And, and I think that that doesn't have to do with campaign slogans. That's uh, uh, a bigger, a bigger picture problem. Um, which the, is the, what the I Trump think the, gentr- the, gentrific- the Trump- gentrification of Austin is, is, sure. is is a good example and that 
that while we have larger high rises growing, we have homeless people moving in front of uh, on the sidewalks of business, uh, small business. So, you know, when does the dog not eat its own tail? You know, like, like that's, that's the question. You can be it, liberal, way, you can be... Conser- either can way, be, it doesn't matter. I, I get frustrated, and I'm willing to discuss Democrat, Republican, yeah. conservative, progressive, conservative, liberal, whatever. Yeah. I'm willing to discuss those things. In the end, how do we choose to behave? I tend to choose True. to behave on the side of what I think of as justice, liberty, growth, change development as being good things right i'm not um inordinately conservative generally in my in my worldview you know i now look at technology as generally a net bonus yeah um i think it's a good thing so i embrace it and continue to use it i think that the trump campaign used the slogan make america great again for very distinct reasons to draw to a certain target market, if you will, of potential voters. Um, Just that, like I had jokes with a student about would I wear a a MAGA hat, make America great again, would I wear a hat like that in my YouTube videos? Never mention it, just do time massage and wear that hat. And one of my students was like, I would unsubscribe from your channel. And I I was like, because I wore a hat? And, And because, see, the thing is, she looks at it like I'm supporting the administration by wearing that hat. And I'm like, no, I just wore a hat. It's yeah. just a piece of cloth. But yeah. she, the symbol, the symbol is the idea. And if you don't think symbols are important, put up a swastika somewhere. Yeah. Put up a cross somewhere. Uh huh. Yeah. Put up an image because in, in Islam, you're not supposed to make idols of uh, Muhammad, of Allah, right? So put up a symbol, it's against their religion. Like symbols are extremely potent, and that's why I mentioned that. They're extremely potent. Make America Great Again is a quick slogan. You know, when you're at a political rally and they could say four more years, four more years, four more years, it's easy, it's repeatable, and it's chantable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean much of anything on its own yes but when you start throwing around words like truth and freedom and justice well who who's anti-truth who's anti-freedom who's anti-justice not very many people so the thing is it means whatever that person thinks it means that's where you're dealing with slogans and monikers and you know um symbols you know and that goes so far as to say like nike and the nike swoosh what does that symbol represent to people is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? That's why Nike, you know, dealt with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. They figured out that their target market <laughs> of people that they were that- going to sell athletic wear and shoes to liked Colin Kaepernick, and it was worth it to ostracize the rest of these people. That's because so Colin Kaepernick, as a personal brand, becomes a symbol. It's so well in irony the way that you're pronouncing his name. Uh, it it, it completely ch- yeah it completely changes like the the whole like uh perspective if if you do it that way and and people on the left wouldn't like the way that you pronounced it because it ties him to Copernicus and the people on the right wouldn't like it because it ties him to Copernicus <laughs> and and ultimately at the end of the day Nike uh. To some means oppression, 
and to others it means success. So it's like, um, you know, today, I, I mean, stockholders are going to look at it like stockholders are going to look at it like, is it up or is it down? It's oppression if it's down and it's if it's up, it's victory, you know. Um, and if you if you if you talk to Phil Knight, he would say it was his way out, even though he didn't. Uh, he wasn't the, the he was the corporate founder, not the founder of the brand. It, you know, and people will own. It depends when you get in on the timeline. I think that has a lot uh, to do with with everything that I've I, we've been talking about. Like I see you as a young person. Like I don't see Robert Gardner as old. I see him as 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 young. But I'm sure there are certain circumstances where you might find yourself behaving as an old person. I feel, um, especially as an educator, um, I think part of my my issue is I am translating massage therapy and massage education for millennials. And I'm translating it from school owners who are baby boomers. So I'm in this situation where I'm in this Gen X like dividing line where I saw the technology developing and I have to translate it from this school owner to this 19-year-old student. Because mm-hmm. this 19-year-old student is on TikTok and this guy's like, no, we're still teaching the marketing from the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, 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 we can't do that anymore. That shit is gone, bro. Like this is, this is a new world, but there's not a, a, a keeping up with the, the changes. Yeah. So the school owners, uh, whether they know it or not, they're just fucking over the the millennials. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I, I wouldn't use language that harsh, but I just wrote a blog post about massage schools taking massage students and basically creating them as cogs in the corporate machinery. Yeah. And I'm already getting hate mail on Instagram and whatever because a guy works at a school. He's like, not our school. Our school is awesome. And I go, great. I'm glad that your school is above average. But I travel around the United States and I see these massage therapists who've gone to these schools where the curriculum is generally standardized and the school is just getting them ready to pass the Amblex and get their license, no more, no less. And if you read the blog post, I don't fault schools. In Texas, they only have 500 hours. That's not enough time. Like, Trent, to be able to be in a massage school and me teach the students the way I would teach them about marketing and say, hey, you need to start your own podcast, that is rebellion. That is innovation. That is disruption within my industry. Just me saying that makes me a target because they're like, we don't like what you're saying. And I'm like, well, the technology doesn't give a shit about your feelings. Mm-hmm. And it ain't going to stop. Yeah. Well, we we're, we've done about an, uh, an hour and 30 here. And I think that, you know, we, we, we've talked about pretty much everything that could possibly be talked about for someone who is just getting a basic introduction. But if someone wanted to get a more in-depth, uh, practical sense of what you're doing, um, how do they they go about executing on that? 
So one, there's a free workbook on my website, robertgardnerwellness.com. You can download that for free. Two, you can go to our subscription service, which is on the website again in our store, robertgardnerwellness.com. The free trial, there's 424 hours of video in there. It's free for your first month, seven bucks a month after. And if you want materials, there's a 20% discount. I'm assuming there are uh, links connected here that you can click on. There's a 20% discount on our digital materials uh, for the holidays. So our workbooks and DVD sets, you can buy those in digital form for 20% off. I think that's the easiest way to get started. The other portion is if you want more free stuff, just follow me on whatever social media. I continue to educate and share stuff across platforms, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. So just follow me wherever you are. All right. So thank you guys for tuning into the show. Um, we will be back again, I believe, on Tuesday at 5, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time with uh, Michael Ortiz. I believe that's correct. And um, we look forward to having you in the audience again. So once again, uh, thank you for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>